Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. What's up, world? Yo, 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 yo. All righty. So um, welcome to the Tuesday evening. It's very dark this Tuesday uh, for Daylight Savings Time, but the Tuesday evening CSRN Video Minutes. My name is Ruth Leonard. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am wearing uh, leopard print earrings with a gray and white uh, mock turtleneck, or I'm sorry, uh, turtleneck, as well as my hair in braids, in bigger, chunky braids. Mm. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Julian Mack. My preferred gender pronouns are he, him. Um, I'm wearing a suit jacket um, with a, a shirt and Fresh Prince Belair graffiti writing that says, stumbled and got humbled, um, must do it recovery. Uh, from my, my good friend uh, Joe. Shout out to Joe for the Must Do It Recovery merch. Um, I'm here tonight because I think, as always, we should be active participants in our own survival. Uh, we want to thank you all for joining us as we give a um, brief recap of things that uh, have happened this week and what's going on in the movement. Remember, there is no movement without movement, and there is no movement without the people. So we thank you for uh, tuning in. And also, I want to give a special shout out. Um, today, we are working virtually, or not virtually, we're working uh, from remote locations. Um, next week, you will see Brother Washington. Hopefully, he will make an appearance this week, as well as Jody. Um, we're dealing with some construction and just moving around a couple of things, but we wanted to make sure that the message remained consistent and we wanted to keep you all abreast of what's going on with the movement, as Julian stated. And to get us started, as we start all of our meetings, we have our mission statement. Don't you ask for permission from the elder? Okay, I'm not going to ask the, for Aren't I the elder today? I ain't about to ask you for nothing. Okay. Go ahead and read the stuff. <laughs> All right. This is our uh, mission statement. We are the Community Solidarity Response Network of Toledo, formed on November 25th, 2014, the day after it was announced that the killer of Ferguson, Missouri, police officer of Michael Brown, an unarmed teenager, would not be indicted. We bring awareness to the injustices experienced by Black men, women, and children who are disproportionately murdered, attacked, provoked, and harassed by law enforcement. Police brutality has to end. We bring awareness to the fact that most often police brutality goes without consequence and accountability. We police impunity has to end. We utilize the tactics of protest, civil disobedience, event disruption, and citizen advocacy to give voice to those who are otherwise voiceless. We facilitate progressive community-based events that help foster self-development, and we discuss measures to hold local leadership accountable to their sworn duties, be they politicians, clergy, law enforcement educators, etc. We want justice, equal justice under the law. We want justice applied equally to all, regardless of creed, class, or color. For all lives to matter, Black lives must matter. And justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Cool beans. All righty. So to get us started, uh, Julian, can you give us an update? I know that for uh, the past couple of weeks and maybe even the past couple months, uh, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, what's going on with the election? Who are you voting for? How do you think it's going to go? What do you think about the issues? Uh, Julian, can you give us a recap just of what happened on Election Day and uh, how you think some people did and did all of your candidates win? <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to just start off at the top of the ticket, uh, which is the mayoral race. And we'll kind of uh, dissect the rest of the race as I get it. And I'm, I'm going off the top of the dome. I'm not looking at any results right in front of me. Um, so for how good or bad this is, this is uh, how good or bad my memory is. So let's see. Rack them up. Let's play. All right. So at the top of the uh, ticket, we have the mayoral race between the incumbent, um, Mayor, Mayor Wade Kapsikavich, uh, former treasurer, uh, he's been the mayor for the past four years um, ver against, uh, I believe, three-term mayor, uh, former mayor, uh, Hardy Finkbeiner. Um, so this was an interesting race, right? Um, I'll be the first to say, and I think many uh, young Black progressives uh, were kind of uh, – put off by the fact that these are the two choices. Um, but first, congratulations to Wade. Um, before I go negative, let's go positive. Uh, congratulations to Wade uh, Kapskavich, who uh, won a second term by a historic number, right? Um, he won a, a, like a record um, amount of, uh, he won by a very large margin. Let's just put it that way. Um, ahead of Cardi Finkbeiner. Um, I think that could be said. There's a lot of different reasons why that could be. Um, one could be, you know, the competition. Um, a lot of people weren't uh, satisfied with a three-term mayor uh, that had the job already. Um, and... I think is 82 years old. Um, it's not like ages. 40. That's what he said in his yo, interview. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo, Cardi got the energy. Cardi does. He does. He does give off uh, young folks energy. Um, Cardi has more but, energy than I do at 35. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's nothing like um, a campaign. I think that gets Cardi excited. I think mm -hmm. in, in, in that vein um you know i grew up with cardi as mayor and in that vein um i think that thing that that anybody who knows me knows i get excited around campaigns and elections and it's taken everything in my power to fall back and try to not get excited as i focus on self-care um i have that same gene in me right where i just love campaigns i love elections i know you know, obviously due to the voter turnout, a lot of people don't, right? But um, that's something that's just about me. And, and, and I hope I'm not, well, hopefully I live to 82, but um, <laughs> if, if I'm fortunate enough to live that, that old, I, I don't aspire to be a, a candidate at that point in time in my life. 
At least that's what 37 year old me has to say. But nonetheless, um, so, you know, essentially there there was uh, the reason why many prog- progressives and many movement people, um, many black people were dissatisfied with these choices um, was because both of them were, frankly, uh, centrist moderate candidates. Right. Sometimes you don't realize what you don't have. Um, and, and I think there was an expectation of people like me or you, Ruth, um, to just be excited and to vote for these candidates um, because they were there when really uh, many of, you know, I think a lot of people disengaged with the process because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we cannot ignore that thousands of people took to the streets last summer right. um, for police reform, some for police abolition, um, mm-hmm. and some for justice. And uh, some see none of that as, as being delivered. Some see shades of gray, um, very light shades of gray of those promises being delivered. Um, but nonetheless, both of those candidates kind of uh, were not police reform candidates, right? Simply put, right? Cardi was walking around with the police commander's hat. Right, like <laughs> my man, who is managing you, right? Like, <laughs> all right. And as I, I people give me feedback all the time, right? I'm, I'm kind of getting out of my box mode, but um, people would say on one hand, you know, um, he would he would talk about how he would give this tough on crime spiel about how he would be tough on crime, like he was in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a kid in the 90s uh, under the, under his administration. I was in my my 20s when he was mayor the second go around, right? Um, it was not a comfortable time to be a black man in Toledo uh, during that time. Um, yo, so I think that he kind of banked on, um, there was a certain, I, I, I think we can't go we can't adequately have this conversation about the mayoral race by acting like the black communities is monolithic, right? I think, um, unfortunately, like the lesson, we have, there's some lessons that need to be learned from this race. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's not just the black vote, but there are uh, different segments and pockets of the black vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not even just talking about Democrat and Republican, but, you know, because Deanne Scotland, you know, I think anytime, uh, given the historic nature of uh, Black folks being involved in politics, right, there, there was a Black man running. And I think that um, just because over the past 20 years, that's been kind of a trend, I don't think it's worth ignoring the historic nature of that, right? The historic uh, nature of Yan Scotland running? Or? Yeah, just a black man running for office, running for mayor, right? Toledo's been around since 1835. I think maybe we've had five elections where a black person has run for mayor. Um, it's just they've all been in the past 20 years. You know what I mean? I, was so, say, I feel like I know at least two of the people. Well, Jack Ford was the first one, um, I think, in 2000. And then we we had a we had a run right. We had Jack Ford, then we had Cardi, uh, then I think we had D. Michael Collins, and then oh no, we had uh, Jack Ford, then we had Cardi, then we had Mike Bell, who was a black mayor. Um, then we had, but again, 
you know, that a lot of black, a lot of the black community didn't feel like he uh, prioritized the black community's interests. Right. Um, so then we had D. Michael Collins, um, who had a very short term, which led to then Paula Hicks Hudson, the first African-American woman mayor of Toledo. Um, and then uh, she was succeeded by our current mayor, Wade Capsicavage. And then uh, we that leads us to the current race. All right. So just because since 2000, the past 21 years, right, um, what of the five mayors, three have been black? That's okay. that's saying something. Um, we've had mayors since 1835 or 1837, yeah. excuse me, right? And <laughs> only what three have been black. So, you know, you also have to keep that in perspective there, right? right. And so that's why I say that um, it's still historic. I, I mean, I didn't vote for Yan Scotland. I'm not voting for any black Republican, but it's still historic, <laughs> right? Um, you know, he was very much, I mean, the Yan Scotland was very much um, like not in favor of drastic police reform, you know? Um, and so, you know, it was really difficult mm-hmm. to find a home for the vote when police reform is is a main issue right like i've i've worked on enough campaigns where i know that campaigns circle around right what do candidates look for what are going to be the constituents three main issues right mm-hmm. and um for me right uh police reform is a main issue for me Right. And there was not one candidate that I could um, trust to handle that issue properly. Uh, so well, I think I think and I, I just want to just put a pin in go that. Ahead, go ahead. I'm going to eat some pizza. OK, I just want to put a pin in that particular point, because when Julian, you talk about um, when you talk about. OK, I'm going to take off the screen. Uh, <laughs> uh, Police reform being a really central issue. I think that I'm going to push back a bit because I know that while police reform is a big issue, I feel like neither candidate did anything or said anything or had a particular position that really pushed the envelope on either side. I feel like they were two very run-of-the-mill uh centrist politicians. And I think that that also, while there was a great uh, margin of a win for Cardi or for uh, for Wade, I still think that the apathy in the community of not having a candidate that people really wanted to root for, even if it was outside of the, the Black community, I think that neither candidate said anything or did anything that made me say yes outside of like my general belief of voting because it's my right that made me want to really get out there and vote i remember um and i I do want us to move on to uh the city council race but there were i still got a lot to say about this race i could this we could go on for a little bit well we don't we don't have to um we got anybody else in the green room i mean it's uh, Let's see. I don't. I've been, I've been quiet, so I got a lot to say. 
So, and okay, okay. So I'll give you, I can give you that platform, but I do want us to also talk about the mayor. Or I'm sorry, not the mayor, the city council race as well. Oh, we can get into that too. Um, but I I just I don't I remember talking about on the day before like the official election day. There were two candidates who even now I can't remember, but there were two candidates who were running for city council who they didn't do anything to like make a splash outside of announcing that they were running that made me either say uh, uh, an enthusiastic yes or a firm no. And I felt the same way about Cardi and Wade, like neither one of them up until that debate on WTOL, neither one of them really made me say, oh yeah, this is the guy that I want. I just kind of went with uh, basically how that WTOL debate turned out that Wade was obviously the better choice. And, and that is the inherent problem with this particular uh, race and election is that the candidates framed the um, issues and, and how they, they, they framed the issues, um, they framed the narrative, right? When essentially the narrative should be decided by the general public, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's why there was this disconnect that people could feel but really couldn't verbalize. Um, you know, it was Cardi saying things are messed up. When I was mayor, things are better. Let's go back to when things are better. Right. And then Wade was basically saying, do you want to go backwards or do you want to go forward? Right. right. And that was essentially right. Those are, those are, those were deliberate messages, um, you know, that both of them, uh, try to get to resonate in voters' minds, right? And so, but the way elections should work, it should be the people, us, that set the narrative. Um, and, and so it was a little backwards. And that's why there was that disconnection, I think. Um, See, I got to push back with you on that one. Of letting the people be in control of the narrative, um, I think allows for many different iterations of what that narrative is. I think that right now we're dealing in a time where fiction is louder than facts, where opinions mm. are louder than truth. And I think that allowing the, the people to form their own narrative is now creating multiple narratives. I would much rather, and I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit, I would much rather have a candidate who is able to make their own narrative, but they're picking a side. They're not making the narrative of, I'm just the most centrist person. I'm the person that's going to see both sides. I'm the person that, while yes, I'm going to listen to everyone, I need a candidate or I would want a candidate that says, yes, I can listen to both sides, but I'm going to call out nonsense if it's nonsense. Or yes, I'm going to... Uh, be able to hear multiple opinions and hear multiple perspectives. But if it's a perspective that goes against what I believe, and if it's a perspective that infringes upon the rights of a group of people, I'm going to call it out. I don't, I know, I know that, 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 uh, that Wade has spoken out. I know that when uh, early in the election or early 
a couple of years ago, there was a situation of the noose and uh, like the, I think somebody wrote the N-word on uh, on like a clipboard inside of a, a city car. Like, I know that he's spoken out about that, but I still, ugh, he's not strong enough. He's not very forthcoming on any particular stances to quote Hamilton. Like, I feel like he could talk himself into a circle out of a corner and not leave with mm. a definitive statement of where he stands. Yeah, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think the, the electorate chose, um, there was a stark difference in their leadership styles, right? So it, it came down to, it wasn't really about the issues. I think it was more about the people uh, that were running. It was more about the candidates and their leadership styles, right? Um, did 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 we want the passionate, uh, the passion of Cardi, right, or the pragmatic, um, methodic uh, decision making of Wade? And the people chose the methodic decision making of of, of, of slow, calculated decision making of Wade. Over, I mean, I did too. over the over the passion of of Cardi, right, yes. and, and that was essentially, um, and I and I think you know, um, while be the first to say, right, like uh, uh, police reform wasn't an issue, yo, Wade did Wade has been fixing these streets, right, like, and that was something that he made a priority, um, you know, more than any more than in any other time in in. Toledo history, right? We've had more raves, po roads paved. And I think that kind of practical, uh, something that you can see, touch, and feel. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, whereas I think, um, I mean, you can see, you can see where his leadership uh, style isn't, isn't loud or braggadocious like Cardi, but um, it did get get some willed some results, right? Um, results that I think people wanted as far as like uh, construction and, and making sure we had um, people wanted the roads fixed, and the roads are better now than they were. Yeah. Four definitely, years ago. They've been talking about the roads yeah. for the eight years that I've lived here. Yeah. Like it's been a thing, and so yes, I am. I do appreciate Wade in um, in the pragmatic abilities that he has, but mm -hmm. I think I would. I don't know. It's it's still it's something that I wish was a, a bit louder. Yeah. Hilarious. But yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, it's a it's a it's a style. Runs. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's that's what I'm saying. The election came down to style over substance, right? Um, ideologically, all right, I would say they were similar, right? And as far as where Cardi and Wade both fell on the political spectrum, right? Um, but it was just a matter of style. Right. And and what I, I think is frustrating as an activist and an organizer, right, since we're in this space, is that um, there really weren't large gaps and variations in ideology. Right. Right. We were choosing personality style right. of leadership right. over the substance of, of what um, over an ideological difference. Right. right. Over issues based differences. Right. And, and that's what I think was so frustrating. Right. And so and that's what I mean by like the candidates um, kind of set the tone because they were so similar ideologically. Right. But um, 
style wise, it was it was it was just you know, I mean I, also, I think also given given the given the uh stress that I think the pandemic has everybody under, I think people just wanted predictable leadership as opposed to passion. And I can definitely understand that. And this will be the last point that I think we'll have time to make before we move on to city council. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something worth noting when you talk about allowing the people to decide um, how the electorate is going to go or deciding on the narrative. People had that opportunity when you had the primary, because if you look at the candidates who were running for mayor that were available to the public during the primary, that's where you see that huge swing. In Are you trying to hit a button, Ruth? Huh? You're trying to hit a button. You're trying to hit my button here. So I think that. <laughs> so I got to say it right. We have nobody but to be. Um, we have to have a heart to heart here with the black community. You know, um, we I think the, the mayoral, the choices ideologically that we were given um, to choose from is a direct result of failed leadership um, top to bottom from the black, from the black community here in Toledo. Right. We have to do a better job at manifesting uh, the type of leaders that will um, enact actual change, right? Um, neither of these candidates um, are from our community. Neither of these candidates, um, you know, I mean, many, there, there was an, there was a part of the black community that I think propped Cardi up, you know, um, a part of the community that Wade had angered and, and good for them for giving Wade at least some competition, right? I think that, was good and healthy, but nonetheless, um, Cardi isn't one of us. And you know what I mean? No matter how much you try to paint that, that, that ain't, that it ain't, it's not it. You know what I mean? And I think over decades, what we've seen is those in the black leadership or black misleadership class, right. Continue to clip the wings of uh, new up and coming leadership, tell them to wait their turn. Right. While those people have found different careers, while those people have gone in different directions. Right. And then when you have something is uh, uh, as, as devastating as what happened with the, with the uh, FBI. Right. And, and many uh, local leaders, local, you know what I mean? Then um, all of a sudden, you know, people are looking at the bench, you know what I mean? And they aren't there, you know, Um and that's because um, time after time, year after year, you know, they've said, if you don't step in line with us, if you deviate from what we're doing, you're going to pay. And people have been like, yo, well, I'll just take my career and my life and go a different direction or move a different place. You know what I mean? I don't have to deal with this with y'all. And so, um, you know, I, I, there were, you know, there, I think there was a lot of people who I would have liked to see. I'm not even going to get into, you know, people who I think there are black people in our community that that would have done better than Cardi, frankly, um, as a candidate. Um, but we have to get really serious and we have to have a, a conversation um, about um, re regardless of even the political ideologies, um, grooming leadership to be in political positions of power.
mm-hmm. um, how to run a campaign, um, how to have a campaign manager, all of these things um, so that we aren't stuck with two of the same choices, but just, you know, different sauce. You know, one has hot sauce, one is bland, right? Um, and, and essentially that's what we were given, right? And so, um, yeah, you know, that's what it was. It was the same sandwich, just one had hot sauce on it. You know, and that, that's the way I looked at the, the, the mayoral race. Um, so hopefully, you know, for those out there, I, I don't know how many people are looking or listening or may get this, you know, um, elders, this is not a, an attack on any segment of our community, right? We need elders for guidance and leadership. I'm somebody that people consider a young leader, even though I'm 37, right? I still need guidance. I still need leadership. There are pro- pro- uh, procedures and protocol on how to move and get things done that folks who are in their uh, 50s, 60s, and 70s know how to do, right? Mm-hmm. There's... Um, energy, right, that I don't always have, that I need from people who are, you know, 20 years younger than me, right, that that have the ideas that are in these streets and in, in a different capacity than I am, right, uh, and I think we need to, and then people who are our age, right, who are, who are coming into their own, who are um, beginning to run this city, right, mm-hmm. we're, we're, you know, people who are between 30 and 45 are, are, are really starting to run this city now. Um, mm-hmm. And you're not taking a back seat anymore. And right. so like, I know um, like Will Lucas and Angela Lucas, I don't know if you saw today, but they yeah. are planning to open up the, uh, the grocery store in the. What? Yeah. Um, it's going to be called milk and it is going to be, Oh my gosh, I got to pull it up. It, uh, they announced it today. They are basically redefining what grocery stores look like in the historic Vistula. Um, I know it's supposed to be cashless, so it's going to be a. Uh, it's going to use my Bitcoin or. I don't know if you can use your Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> but okay, speaking, of which, Let me up. speaking of which, Will, Will, Will Lucas and Angela Lucas are two awesome leaders, I think, yeah. uh, in Toledo. And, and I think Toledo's lucky to have them. He's also, I know they're they're also doing some work opening up um, like a private club. Yep. Uh, Toll House. Hmm? Toll House, right. Can, I don't want to misspeak. Can you tell us a little something about Toll House before we go to break? So, um... I know it's like tech center. It's something for like young professionals. Um... Which I think is cool, uh, creating space um, where there isn't none, where there yes. is none, right? Um, and I unfortunately cannot find the post that was made about milk, but I can read it. I can't find it to pull it up. But we'll have to invite them on sometime. Oh yeah, definitely. His statement says, "I was born and raised in Toledo, and my entire life I've heard some version of the phrase, 'We're right on the verge of a great city if we can get X and Y done.'" Honestly, I got tired of hearing that Toledo wasn't great and that our best was constantly ahead of us. Why isn't it ever now? I think we should be constantly progressing and today's best is better than yesterday's best and tomorrow's best is better than today's. 
So Angela and I committed that we weren't going to stand on the sidelines. We got in first with Toll House, then a block or two over by this time next year, we'll open Milk Market, an elevated market in Delhi, which will feature a market micro coffee house slash spirits bar and deli style sandwiches. We'll also <laughs> stock our shelves with local and inspired products and have retail wine. The market will be 100% cashless. The design aesthetic I'm aiming for with this market is Old Town Italian Market meets New York City Bodega. We're going to build the city we want to see. So I am super excited about that. Um, Goals. The logo. Okay. And let's uplift them, right? Like we talk, you know, sometimes it can be so hard, right? When we talk activism and organizing, because so much of it is, the work is focused on what's not there or what we want to see, creating a world that isn't there. Yo, we got to give credit and give those flowers to people who are doing the work and um, are, are creating the world we want to see right in front of us. So shout out to Will and Angela Lucas. Oh, yeah. um, who always seem to be on the cutting edge of the future, right? Like, yo, somebody, mm, mm, somebody needs to, <laughs> I don't know who's going to replace Marcy Captor, but my first vote is Lucas for Lucas County. I'm just, hey, now. <laughs> like, look, I ain't mad at it. I don't look. even think they want it. I don't even know if they want it, but that's, they're that's busy with other endeavors. But you look, that's a move. Okay, so yeah, so this is, uh, hopefully it's showing up. This is the logo. Um, I absolutely love it. It says grocery, coffee, sandwiches, and spirits. It is a, oh gosh, I want to say, oh gosh, I don't know what color this is. Like a, like a dusty Red. mauve with milk written in the middle and then a classic glass bottle of milk. So, yeah, I think that's uh, super awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that, we are going to take a quick break and we will come back with our uh, thoughts and city council. city council race. So don't touch that dial. We will be right back. So last year was hard. A curveball nobody saw coming. Was something terrifying and heartbreaking seemingly every day coming out of left field. Isolation. Frustration. Loss. A city in suspension. A ballpark made empty. And the roaring of cheers lived as only echoes on the wind. You know, someone once said, Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light. And somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. But there was no joy in Mudville. Well, we come from and work from the mud. Took that dirt and sand, melted down, and built the glass. Even if we lose everything, we know how to make something special out of nothing. That is the heart of this place, this city, this people, this team. 
there's a beauty in the contradiction. That is why we cheer when rounding the diamond. That is why we cheer when waved home. After a year of silence, we are being waved home. That is the sound of joy after the storm fades. The lightning in the pitch, the thunder crack in the back. The joy in Hensville is back. Welcome home to me. Shout out to the Hunter Prey, man, for that awesome poem. I saw you catch uh, a chance to do that at the uh, walleye opener, right? We had the first nice. walleye opener. Yep. So, you know, I've been, I know he's been doing uh, poetry for a while. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to see uh, him get acknowledged on a large city stage for that. Um, that's awesome. Shout out to him. Okay, so now that we have talked about the city council race, or I'm sorry, the mayoral race, now we are going to talk about city council. So let's look at the results. Can I I say something Uh, first before we get into that? Yeah. So we ended our last segment, right? We talked about people stepping up and and how there wasn't um, like a black candidate. that we both wanted to vote for, you know, and why other people in the community didn't step up and run for mayor. Um, you know, when we talk about the city council race, right, and, and I talk about the mental health, obviously I was uh, gearing up for a very viable run at city council. And um, after my mental health breakdown, my relapse, uh, I took a step back. And then I made the decision and I said I would reevaluate things right around May 30th. And um, I was very close to running, but decided not to and to err on the on the side of uh, caution. Right. And and prioritizing my mental health as opposed to taking what I think um, would have been a quick risk. Right. And so um, while. So I, I can't help but feel like somebody may be watching this and be like, Julian, you're being um, hypocritical, right? As you're asking people to run, but then you didn't run for city council yourself. And I, um, I understand that point of view, but I think that there are, uh, I mean, my, my situation was kind of extreme and, uh, I will probably run again and give it a shot in the future. But in the meantime, I think that um, we did have a decent slate of candidates, right? Um, But, you know, we'll just have to wait, I guess, and see. Ruthie, you look like you want to ask me something. I just... I don't Say it. I ask you how you feel it. Well, no, like I feel like you were you were talking about viable candidates running for mayor, right? And then you like shifted it to city council, and like that wasn't where your point was. Well, because um, so yeah, so like when I looked at the city council race, I saw candidates that were. Um, 
for police reform, right? I saw candidates that uh, I could trust with a progressive agenda, right? Um, I thought I would have liked for there to be more of them. I would have liked for there to be more of them um, in my age bracket, right, like me. But um, so like when I say that, you know, it was hard to sit back and watch. Let me just say plainly, right, taking care of and prioritizing your mental health isn't always easy. This was hard for me to watch, right? I think uh, when when Brother Washington's here, there's usually a part where we talk about mental health, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Sometimes sitting down and being still is hard, but it's what's best for your mental health. And it's what's best for you in the long run. I, when I honestly sat back and looked at how I will best be able to serve the city in the long term over my whole life, not just the next four years, I realized it was best to um, to sit down, to grow, and to continue going to therapy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Continuing to um, solidify some things in my personal life uh, and, and build in my personal life um, so that um, I can pour from a full cup, not an empty one. Right. Okay. And, 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 um, I think that was a difficult choice, uh, but leaders have to make difficult choices and, and I, I am a leader. Right. And, but that doesn't always mean leading from the front. Sometimes you can lead with your actions by sitting down. All right. So with the candidates we had, uh, there were 12 candidates, um, Ruth, can you pull up the results? How about we start from the bottom, naming the, naming the candidates? Um, so in last place was Larry Sykes, uh, former city councilman, and um, who was uh, soon to be on trial um, for his uh, alleged involvement and um, use of campaign funds. Uh, next up on that list, Ruth, can you go back down? I can't see. Okay, so yeah, Larry Sachs. So Larry Sachs, look, we're all innocent until proven guilty, right? So he has the right to run. He had the right to campaign. He had the right to run. Um, you know, somebody asked me just yesterday, like, what do I have to do to run for office? Yo, just get some signatures and get on the ballot. You know what I mean? Um, even if you've got a record or are under investigation, you can still run, right? So, I mean, I kind of like the idea of that's democracy, right? Anybody can run, right? There are people in this list of 12 who have a record. There are people who, you know, and still feel like they can serve. Um, so I just wanted to stress that as an overarching thing when we look to the future of leadership. Uh, so Larry, Larry Sachs got uh, 6,600 votes, 5% of the, the, the vote. Um, Ron Murphy is 11th place. Ron Murphy was a Democrat. Or, I mean, excuse me, Ron Murphy was a, is a Republican, uh, ran under a Make America Great Again type thing. And um, he got 6% of the vote with uh, 8,100 votes. Uh, next was Mac Driscoll. Mac Driscoll, um, I actually really like Mac. Mac um, came to our Black Lives Matter City Council forum um, 
and really had some really progressive ideas. He was somebody I didn't know before this campaign, um, before this election cycle. He's an urban planner, right? And and I was concerned that maybe he would be like a gentrifier, but he absolutely was not, right? He was somebody that um, had honest, fresh ideas on how to uh, build up urban areas, right? And uh, it was really refreshing. And um, I think, you know, uh, now that he has some name recognition out there, I think he, if he runs again, I think he'll do well. And he made a good first impression on a lot of people. But uh, that he um, was ninth with uh, 8,500 votes. Um, next was a Republican by the name of Tim Ryan. Um, not the Tim, not a, not the Tim Ryan who we may discuss later, but not the not the Tim Ryan that ran for president, uh, who's a congressman from Ohio. This is a Republican Tim Ryan. Um, I actually don't know anything about him because he didn't come to our forum. I didn't see any mailers from him, um, and yet somehow he uh, still managed to get uh, eighty six hundred. Uh, votes. Um, good luck to you in the future. Uh, next, we got Harvey Savage, two places out of the top six um, with 7%, uh, 9,359 votes. Wow, I'm just looking at how close Harvey Savage. Harvey Savage, um, I believe this is his second or third time running. Um, he run, he's known for his work with the Martin Luther King uh, Kitchen for the Poor. Um, ran as a Democrat, an unendorsed Democrat. He was one of the people on the slate that uh, Cardi had a slate of candidates. He was one of those people on that slate. Um, but yeah, two two spots out of the top six. Um, thank you, Harvey Savage, again, for coming to our forum. And thank you for the work you do in the community. Uh, it helps a lot of Black people. Um, I think you ran a great campaign, um, my opinion, and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, like when I see Harvey Savage, I, I think, yo, there's somebody that has some experience and some knowledge. I hope he passes that down to uh, somebody younger, right, as we look to build the next generation of leaders, right? Mm -hmm. um, just because you didn't win, there's still lessons and valuable uh, there's still valuable gems even in that loss uh next we had tony dia one spot out of uh the top six tony dia who is the father of a uh, slain police officer um i was that was killed last year um ran as a hardcore republican uh it's very tough on crime and um very anti you know this is a man that literally showed up to a protest against um, Black Lives Matter, right? Um, so we dodged we, we dodged a catastrophe um, with him being on city council. I think that's we can all kind of breathe a sigh of relief there. He had a very well-funded campaign. Um, I mean, aside from ideas, right, and what he stands for, he ran a very good campaign, right? Um, He's somebody with that's had a, a long record, right? And that show goes to show, right? I say that not to dig at him, right, or his past, but I say that to say, yo, I know a lot, I know a, I know tons of brothers out here that got a record that would do 
uh, great on city council, in my opinion, better on city council than Tony Dia, um, if they gave it a shot. And I know they care about our people, right? So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So um, now we have the top six. These are people who um, are going to be on city council for the next four years. Um, coming in at the sixth spot, um, now this is a solid 3,000 votes more than uh, the last person out, which was Dia. Uh, George Serratu, who it appears here is listed as a Republican, who I actually thought was running as an independent, but is listed as a Republican. Um, George Serratu has been a city council person before. Um, George Serratu has worked with mayoral administrations before. Um, I believe there was a large chunk of money that the Kapsikevich administration, um, I guess, dis- discovered is the word that's being used for it. Um, but the person that uh, would have been responsible for um, knowing where that money was would have been George Durantu. So, you know, I've talked to George Durantu before, right? He seems like a nice person um, for a Republican, but um, you're gonna you're gonna be looking for him to make up for that mistake, right? In in the next um, and kind of reset his narrative as as what his legacy will be for uh, Toledo and what his legacy will be as a city council person. Um, Ruth, can you please go back down? You moved the screen. Uh, the moved. It was not me. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Next, we have uh, in the fifth spot, uh, Tiffany Preston Whitman um, with 13,709 votes. Uh, this was Tiffany Preston Whitman. Tiffany Preston Whitman is a black woman, right? Um, one of the concerns uh, that I think we all had as a community, I know it's something that I've vocalized pretty loudly was that um, the fact that when the FBI uh, indictment came down, we were worried that, you know, we had worked so hard as a community to at least get some sort of representation on city council. Um, Would we be able to keep that type of representation? Um, Tiffany Preston Whitman was one of the four people that were appointed, two of the two that were at large. um, And, um, you know, that shows that I think uh, Judge Puffenberger um, did have some alignment with what the community actually wanted, right, when he picked these four people, um, because the two that were up for election that, that he picked got reelected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's that, that's his uh, thinking and, and he picked quality people or candidates, um, or if um, there is an incumbent bias, and, and even though they, you know, they were, so it was their first time running, they were already in the seat. People have a tendency to vote for people who are already in the seat. Um, so congratulations, Tiffany Preston Whitman. Um, we will um, be engaging with you. Expect to hear from us um, and expect to stand up for the people. Um, Wait, can I jump in? Please. All right. Talking a lot. 
All righty. So next up, we have Sir Sandra McPherson. Um, Sir Sandra McPherson is someone who was also appointed by Judge Puffenberger. And um, I believe that I have had um, concerns about Sir Sandra in regards to uh, some of the votes that she made early on in her position. But I have come to realize that Sir Sandra is the type of woman that will speak up for herself. Um, she is the type of woman that uh, is has no issues and no qualms about making sure that she completely understands what the votes mean and what she's voting for. And if she doesn't know something, she's not going to vote for it until she has a better understanding. So that is something that I can appreciate in uh, a candidate and a current city council person. Um, she received 10% of the vote with 14,372 votes. Michelle Grimm was the... Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, there was... um, You know, when when Sandra initially got um, appointed, I remember, like, her first press conference, I think somebody got shot, and she was there. Um, And... I thought she seemed very green, right? Um, but, yo, she's very, I love her honesty, right? Like, what she doesn't know, she'll say she doesn't know, right? And, you know, when you're talking about somebody that's going to hold a position for four years, that's something that's worth paying attention to, right? Is there, how well they adjust to their learning curve, right? Like, I think that the council person that, um, Sandra is today is, if not leaps and bounds, at least a bound, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, further than, um, she was right. I, I really like the growth. I think I've seen with her as, as a council person and her willingness to engage in conversations with uh, things she doesn't, she's, she may be less familiar with. Definitely. So that's, that's that's good. Um, it's also worth noting that both Tiffany Preston Whitman and Sandra McPherson uh, were endorsed by the Democratic Lucas County Democratic Party. Go ahead, Ruth. Um, then you have in third place, you have Dr. Michelle Grimm, uh, who I believe is from California, um, but she decided to run for city council and made a splash, I think, with as much if not more of, uh, if not, I put her in the same category as Cardi when it comes to what? how much I heard her name. I think when it comes to social media, I think she ran a much better ground game than uh, just a lot of the other candidates. I think that her rollout was a bit more, uh, precise and cohesive. Um, I think that she did get a lot of flack for a lot of the things that she said, but in that same token that I was talking about picking a side, I feel like she picked the side. Um, do I agree with all of the things that she stated? I think when she had her 10 point plan for how to combat gun violence, I definitely had some uh, concerns about some of the points that she made, but I also appreciated her vocalizing what her position was. Um, to the point that we could have a conversation about it. And it wasn't just a blanketed, oh, we just need to do one, two, three and get rid of X, Y, and Z and everything will be fine. Um, I think that her 
attention to detail was uh, I appreciated it. Uh, she also came out in addition to uh, Tiffany and Sir Sandra for the candidates who won Nick and Katie. I think all of them, with the exception of George Sarantu, were all in attendance at the uh, Black Lives Matter forum that we hosted. I got a, I got a hot take. Her, Go ahead. And her position on grocery stores will forever be the main reason why I voted for her. I think that there is a definite lack of grocery stores and attention to detail or attention to access to fresh foods, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, um, that a lot of the other candidates uh, kind of talk about whenever I bring it up, but she was one of the first candidates that I noticed to actively state that this was an important thing. Um, she talked about food deserts. It was a conversation that I have only heard, excuse me, with, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. Um, Brittany, she works with uh, UT in there. Brittany Jones. Um, when you talk about the lack of access to food or the access to uh, foods that aren't healthy, I think that that's something that I appreciated Michelle uh, for sticking up for. And go ahead, Julian. Yeah, hot take. Uh, Michelle Grimm ran the best campaign out of all the city council candidates. Um, she that. raised, she raised about. Uh, you, no, you didn't. <laughs> I said that she had the best camp. Okay. Yeah, we can run it back, but um, but yeah, she 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 raised the most money. She raised about eighty thousand dollars, which is for a city council candidate is um impressive to say the least um and she um yeah she ran the best campaign out of out of out of all the candidates she knocked doors she got her name out there she had um of course the um the gun plan like ruth mentioned um but yeah it was a, it was an awesome well-rounded campaign and city council keeps a doctor someone with their doctorate, right? Um, Dr. Cecilia Adams, who has uh, served our community for quite some time on the uh, school, school board and um, on city council, um, will be leaving. And um, when I when I always do this, I think of who's leaving and who's coming. And I look at it like we get to keep a doctor. We get to keep a doctor on city council. So that's cool. Congrats to Michelle Grimm. Dr. Grimm. Yes. Um, and Dr. Grimm had 15,388 votes with 11% of the total votes. And second place, so we have my personal favorite, uh, Nicholas Kilmives. Nick Kilmives with 11% of the vote, uh, 15,450 uh, votes for the city of Toledo. Nick Kilmives is maintaining his seat on city council at large. Uh, Nick has done some great work uh, over the past few years on city council. Um, I think that he is going to continue to do that good work. I look forward to uh, continuing to partner with Nick on different initiatives uh, to ensure that the city of Toledo um, does not lose the candidate who I think has been the most out and proud about saying Black Lives Matter um, out of all of the candidates, I think, in 
city council in chambers, uh, in public, on the record. I've heard it more out of him than any of the other candidates. Um, and so I do appreciate that from Nick. That's not to say that the other candidates don't believe it. I'm just saying he is the most vocal about it. You never have to question whether he does or doesn't, which right. can't be said for every candidate or every person that's held the seat, whether they're white or black or whatever. Um, you know where he stands in regards to our movement. And he showed up in health forums. He showed up in, um, um, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing work, right, that actually, um, I mean, the Right to Know Act, right? Some of the... Um, some of the legislation, right, that that Mayor Wade uh, kind of talked about, got passed, um, was authored by Nick Nakoma. Mm -hmm. So uh, we thank you for that. And, and can I just say, as a organizer, right, um, and as I just got done talking about Michelle Grimm and how she she raised the most money, um, pound for pound, um, for the amount of money that. Uh, like Nick spent on the campaign. And um, I mean, he did quite impressive with votes, right? There's an article from the blade that goes, uh, has exact numbers, right? Of, of what each candidate raised and um, what they spent uh, per quarter on the campaign. And, and for somebody who has, I think um, the potential to raise a lot more money and has the potential to could have maybe spend more, he relied on his record, right? Which is something that he relied on, on people knowing him. He relied on his personal uh, relationships and interactions with the community, right? Which um, not on just dollars. And while he did do mailers, he did, do, you know, the signs, but at the end of the day, uh, you if you voted for Nick, it was probably because you liked some of the legislation that he put forth. Right. Or you had a conversation with them and it resonated with you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it, it likely wasn't because of a cool ad, you know. <laughs> so. Um, so. So, I mean, shout out to people for running um, on the left. Right. Running progressive, running unapologetically and um, running on their record and winning. Right. I think that's something that can't be said enough, like. You know, you're going to get the votes if if you say Black Lives Matter, if if you have legislation that backs it up, if you stand up for our community. Right. We know the difference between a, a, somebody token that um, certain people in the black leadership class are propping up and the difference between someone who actually is uh, doing the work and in our community. Right. right. So um, I think that's very clear with uh with Nick and, and I think um his record is what earned him those votes. And then in first place we have Katie Moline who uh came out with 14% of the votes in Lucas County with 19,210 votes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Katie Moline is um I, I, this doesn't sound wrong but she she's with the most votes. I mean she is um kind of the, the the darling of city council, right? She is not falling too far left or too far right. I think she her broad appeal, all right, um, is, is it worked, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that that's kind of her, her selling point is, is 
she has broad appeal, right? And um, with those Toledo roots and being from Toledo, and uh, you don't have to worry about her being too radical. You don't have to worry about her being too conservative. Um, you know, uh, I think that's that's why people, you know, I think that's why she got a big chunk of the vote and just being from Toledo, right? Yeah. And, run, and running an effective campaign, right? Yeah. I think she ran a, a very effective campaign as well, you know, um, knocking on doors um, and her messaging. I mean, you know, Katie Moline is good with numbers, right? If there's nothing else, um, that campaign effectively uh, translated that message at a time when, you know, not many other candidates did, <laughs> right? You know, if there's somebody that's going to um, care about the budget and crunch those numbers the right way, uh, Katie Moline will. So uh, I think that's what people wanted. And that's why um, she, she, one of the reasons why she performed so well. Um, now, I would also like to go on record as saying when we held our Black Lives Matter forum, there was a lightning round of questions that everyone except for Katie uh, and George Sarantu were there to answer. But everyone who won, uh, I want to say everyone who won uh, city council, the city council race was at. No, so so of the six, I, I, I was we're kind of. Ruth, we think alike. And so we're there's a couple times when I was setting something up for an alley oop later and you already got it. And I think and then it vice versa, we did it again. Okay. But yeah, that's um so um so for people who miss the city council forum, right? Uh um it's never a good choice as a candidate to miss the Black Lives Matter forums, right? Candidates who miss those forums don't do as well in the election, right? And, and it translates. Um, of the six spots uh, that were up for city council this year, five of those candidates were at our forum, mm -hmm. right? So, so there you go. Well, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is we had a lightning round of questions. And with the exception of Katie and George, who did not attend, everyone answered Yes, for the following. Um, so having a Black Lives Matter mural, reparations for uh, Black folk, automatic voter registration at age 18. Those were all a enthusiastic. And reparations. Yes. Um, now, the one that did not have everyone's vote, and this is where Sir Sandra's uh, ability to speak up for herself, I'm all for it. Um, ending cash bail, all of those candidates did say that they were for it. So Sandra simply wanted more information about it. And so we uh, did forward some information over to her. Um, I haven't had a chance to ask her again whether or not she would be uh, for ending cash bail. But these are all issues that were brought up at the forum that we will be holding them accountable for after uh, some of the dust settles. So early yeah. January when they're appointed. Yeah, um, Katie was there, but she was she missed the lightning round. Right. Um, she left early. So. Okay. So, so yeah, that's have, um, uh, we have time for one more break and then we'll come back and talk on a bit more of a statewide the next election. Yes. Alrighty. So hold on for one second. We will be right back. <laughs> Thank you.
you can ride a bike without falling, then you're good to go. Bike Rides Matter is a community bike group. Uh, we get together for fun, fitness, and fellowship. Uh, we ride weekly. Uh, right now, we got a Tuesday ride where we ride on the UT Trail. Uh, we do Saturday right here at Uptown Green. That's our glow roll Saturday night. It was something I was already doing with my daughter, just riding bikes. And uh, we just decided it would be cool to add the community because we were just finding ways to make fun given the situation. Being that everything was closed down and options were limited, bike riding is one of those things you can do without any restrictions. You get to make new friends and just like interact with people, especially during COVID. You still like have your mask on and stuff, but it's still good to like see people. It's a cool way to stay fit. We talk while we ride and we got music while we ride. I've met quite a few new friends and new people. Uh, I made some real cool connections throughout the city. Take advantage of the time you have. Take advantage of this pandemic. I know it's a lot of restrictions, but you can be creative and find new ways to have fun, one of which is this right here. And we're back. Are we back? Yes, we are. Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, so this Friday. Last Friday. No, last Friday. Thank you. Um, it's been a long so, week already. So, yeah, yeah, let's talk about. So we have a the next election. All right. This is, I guess, the election recap and forecast. All right. So we have a Senate race coming up. Rob Portman, who you've seen us. Um, protests in front of his office dozens of times over the last six years uh, um, is retiring. Yay! All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, this, uh, I guess you could say the, the climate has not been conducive for moderate Republicans. Uh, my, and so, um, so that means that we're getting a getting whole new crop of candidates. Yeah, we're getting a whole we, we we're getting a new senator in 2022 um, for Ohio. All right, we have Sherrod Brown currently, um, who will become the I don't know senior senior senator. Um, okay, I know they call it the junior senators. Again, I don't know if they call it senior, but anyway, the um. So since Sherrod Brown has been pretty progressive, right? And it's pretty been been a, a fighter for working class people. Um, but yo, on the Republican side, it is wild, right? Like there's um, Josh Mandel, like there's the worst of the re Republican rhetoric has just been, um, it's like they're trying to out Trump each other, right? And it's been pretty tough. On the Democratic side, I believe there's a councilman from the city of Cleveland that's running. I'm sorry, I forget his name right now. Um, there is a uh, the the congressman Tim Tim Ryan, 
um, from around the Youngstown area uh, is kind of the is moving forward like the endorsed Democrat, right? The, the establishment candidate, I'll put it that way. Um, you may remember Tim Ryan for his, uh, he did run for, he was in the, the race for president um, a while back in uh, 2020 before it got too heated. Um, but then we have uh, also um, Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper, uh, was in Toledo last Friday, and um, I actually had an opportunity to introduce her to Toledoans. Uh, she spent some time um, on the picket line with uh, those who are on strike. And um, before we talk about how that went, um, why don't we go ahead and play her rollout? Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper. Well, speaking of political change, Morgan Harper. Her name is Morgan Harper. She sat down and chopped it up with me. And I've seen personally in public and not in public the work that she puts in for our people. I'm Morgan Harper, and I'm running for U.S. Senate as a Democrat for Ohio to offer a new voice, a voice from and for the people. Central Ohio took care of me as a newborn with an uncertain future. The community found me a foster home as an infant and a family to raise me on the east side. I won scholarships to attend college and law school. I went on to work at the Consumer Protection Agency, founded during the Obama administration. The first ever independent consumer watchdog. We won billions of dollars back for people who got ripped off by big banks. I've been taking on big tech, trying to break up multinational monopolies that have been crushing workers, small businesses, and threatening our democracy. Here at home, we've been organizing communities left behind. I'm here. I actually came to To get political power back on our side. We mobilized our community to protect the most vulnerable from the pandemic. To get as many people as possible vaccinated. Ohio needs fresh, new leadership in Washington and a new game plan. Hold me accountable. Built from the ground up, door by door, block by block. It's time for an Ohio where a woman's right to choose is always protected. And we keep our streets safe from gun violence. Uh, Prop 22. Where workers get paid what we deserve and where we finally achieve racial justice. They're counting Ohio out. They're counting me out. But they don't know the power that lies in you and the fight that lies in me. When African-Americans vote in large numbers in Ohio, Ohio votes Democratic. Yes. And when they don't come to the polls, Ohio votes Republican. Yes. What's going to happen? I'm Morgan Harper, and I'm running for the United States Senate. <laughs> Yo, that every time I see that ad, it gives me chills, yo. Like, that does it for me. Like, yo, that ad is fire. I'm a fan of the ad, okay? Like, and I was a fan of the ad before I even knew that Morgan Harper was coming to Toledo. And to see her in person, I think is to feel passion. Um, I think 
for someone who I have made it a point to stay away from political conversations for the most part, just as a way of protecting my peace, because I know that it has been uh, just a whirlwind. Every time I turn on the news, it's just getting sucked into it and begging to find a way out of it. And so I just, I stay away from it for the most part, I but I still just have an ear for it. But Morgan, I think, has the type of passion that makes you want to get involved again, that kind of lights that fire again, that makes you realize that it's not all just a bunch of just, just miss, like, it's not just a bunch of people who are not rooted in the community who are making all of these decisions. There's an opportunity to put someone in a position of power who knows the hard work of being an activist, who knows the hard work of, of running a protest, who knows the hard work of fighting the good fight for everyday people. Challenging um, power. For challenging right. power, yeah. That right. like wants to be held accountable. Um, I look forward to seeing and uh and bearing witness to the 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 shift in energy that Morgan brings. It reminds me a lot of AOC and it reminds me a lot of Stacey Abrams, that kind of uh slow build that pops and changes the dynamic. I think that that's what we're seeing because Morgan did run against Joyce Beatty. Um what was that? 2 years ago? A year ago? Like a year ago. Yeah. 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 A year ago. I get I get Obama vibes, but like not President Obama vibes, like uh, Senator Obama vibes, like okay. pre like state Senator Obama vibes, right? Like the with a very populist message um, that was all encompassing for the people, right? That was, um, you know, he campaigned pretty. Remember, he campaigned to the left of Hillary Clinton. Right. Uh, in 2008. And when he was running for uh, senator, he was I mean, it was pretty it was pretty it was a pretty radical idea. Right. right for uh, him to be in the Senate. I think he was the third black man to ever be in the Senate and the first one in like 100 years. Right. right? And um, did so kind of as an unapologetic or organizer. Right. Mm -hmm. And and um, as somebody who ran ran on a track record of challenging power. Right. I think it's easy for us to get confused. Well, it's easy for us to forget, uh, you know, what's what happened most recently is also is always what's most recent in our memory. But we forget. Right. Like 2004. Right. Um, right. Obama. Right. That, and that's what I mean when I when I say I get Obama vibes. Right. Yeah. Um, from that crop. Right of of uh, organizing activism, activism and challenging power, right? Um, when you initially brought that up, I was thinking of like billionaire Obama. Hey, right, right. No, 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 no. Running downstairs in his shorts because there was a fight outside of his apartment in Chicago, Obama. Like, right? No, I'm talking about like when when Sasha and Malia were like. Infants. I'm talking about Obama when Michelle still made more than him, right? Yeah. Like that Obama. Okay. Like, <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and 
Yeah, it, it, when he was just a skinny kid with a funny name, right? Um, that that was had a track record of challenging power, right? Mm-hmm. And and so like there are, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Um, there are people here who, people across the state, people who are part of the Democratic establishment, um, that have an issue with Morgan Harper because she's challenging power. They have a problem with the fact that she challenged Joyce Beatty, right? Um, some of you may remember. I don't know if I should do this name drop, but I, I am just because it's it's a well-known fact, right? Ernie uh, Davis, who managed Paula's campaign, right? Uh, managed Joyce Beatty's campaign, right? Um, Paula Hicks-Hudson, right? When she ran, uh, a lot of us, you know, became friends with him. And, and so, um, like, there is some, some people just don't like it, right? And And I think this goes back to what we open well, with I with our what, what does that name drop how does that name drop apply so people who are i guess maybe friends still with uh those in the establishment right may you know are hesitate right but like the esta- one thing about the establishment is this sticks together they okay. established for a reason right exactly and and they try to make people pay who challenge their power, right? Mm-hmm. And who, who who are audacious enough to, you know, challenge. And, and even challenging power in itself mm-hmm. is something that's a win, right? Like I saw right. Joyce Beatty be more like, I saw a more activist um, mm-hmm. standing okay. up for the people, more radical Joyce Beatty after her, you know, uh, election with Morgan Harper, that's for sure. Definitely. You know what I mean? And so sometimes, it, it, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of benefits that folks that are in part of the establishment don't understand and don't see just because um, they don't like their power being challenged, right? right? They don't, and specifically people run into the left of, of a, candidate that's already seen as um, um, left of center, you know? And so um, I think that this is exactly, when we talk about how our voter engagement is so low, right? And we talk about why. It's because people don't see their material conditions changing with their vote, right? right? They don't feel like they're going to gain or lose anything based on their vote. This particular next election, especially this primary, which I believe is slated for ooh, May of 2022, is um, is a real game changer, right? We have the opportunity to put the, I think this would be the fifth or sixth Black person in the Senate ever. And I think this would be the third Black woman, right? Um, Carol Mosley Braun, Kamala Harris, and potentially choice bait, right? Um, so I think there's been eight. It was it was a little run there after Obama, right? There okay. were people like Tim there were people like Tim Scott who was a Republican. Uh, there was Roland Burris. Um, I forget Cory Booker. Cory Booker is a senator. Mm-hmm. Um, he's light skinned but he's still black, right? Oh, like, <laughs> But nonetheless, right, the Senate is so white. Right. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make. 
Yes. Right. Change happens much slower in the Senate. Um, like the Senate is is everybody gets two state gets two senators, no matter the population, no matter the diversity of your state. Right. right. And so, um, look, Cory Booker is is black. We have uh, 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 who's the brother from Georgia that just that just won. Um, I'm mean, names escaping me. It's been a long day, but um, Raphael Warnock, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, Raphael Warnock just won recently. Um, but there's a shift, right? But still, we're talking two black people out of a hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's really important that we have a progressive, um, and we have a, a chance to do that. So Morgan came to Toledo, um. And she's campaigning, and we have an opportunity to uh, put her in office, right? We talked about the past elections on the mayoral and uh, city council, but now we're looking at a federal change that we can make, and we can put one of us, a fellow organizer and activist, in that position. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said... I think it's time for us to wrap it up. Um... Let's see. Do you have five minutes of heat? What happens to a raisin in the sun? Do you know? You know the next line. Uh, does it fester like a sore? Yep, that's it. Okay. Or like does it? <laughs> or does it? Does it fester like a sore, or does it? Oh God! Oh come on now! I'm going blank. It's been a long day. Ooh, um, you going or like syrup and sappy, or does it something like that? Syrup and sappy. We are. We are definitely. Just what like, happens? To, what happens to a dream deferred? How about that? Okay. Does it dry up? Like a raisin in the sun? Or does it fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it sags like a heavy load. Or, or does it explode? Does it explode? In that Harlem by Langston Hughes? Yes. Talk about what happens to a raisin in the sun. Jeez, it's been a long day, y'all. All right, you know, know end... exactly what I was talking about, though. Of course, I did. <laughs> the most famous poem ever. Oh my gosh, guys! At the end of every meeting, we end with our solidarity <laughs> pledge. Our solidarity pledge is our promise not only to ourselves but to each other to continue. We miss to you, Jody. <laughs> we miss you, Jody. We miss you, brother Washington. We miss you, uh, brother Washington. Oh my gosh! But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. So please, if you can, repeat after me. Say, I. I. Your name. Julian. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To love my brothers and my sisters. To love my brothers and my sisters. As I love myself. As I love myself. I. I. Say your name. Julian. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To study to improve myself. To study to improve myself. Spiritually. Spiritually. Mentally. Mentally. Morally. Morally. And physically. And physically. 
for the benefit of myself. For the benefit of myself. My family. My family. And my people. And my people. I. I. Say your name. Julian. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To be a part of the solution. To be a part of the solution. The process. The process. And not the problem. Not the problem. I. I. Say your name. Julian. Pledge to strive. Pledge to strive. To give all that give I can spare. Give all that I can spare. Of my time. Of my time. My strength. My strength. And energy. And energy. To achieve. To achieve. The above said. The above said. And give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause. And remember, all lives can't matter until black lives black matter, matter. And all lives won't matter until all, all black, black lives black. matter. Justice or else. Peace. Peace. Don't forget to read James Baldwin. <laughs> and Tony Morrison. <laughs> and Michael.